everything got paid. And then if there was anything left, yep. maybe we got it. And so a lot of times it was, okay, well, which utility bill is due first or who went grocery shopping the last time? And we wouldn't just split that money e- evenly. It would be, okay. What do you need? You would say, Dale, you, you know, I know Lori needs groceries. You take it this time. And next time be Brian, you know, you take it, get your um, electricity turned back on, what have you. <laughs> So why would two guys leave comfortable jobs, move across the country, and start a business in an industry they don't know, a place they don't know, and could it be successful? We're Dale and Brian Carmi. Join us as we share our story and inspire you to become people of impact. Welcome to the Impact Without Limits podcast. How do you know if you're investing wisely? Welcome back to the Impact Without Limits podcast. Uh, Dale and Brian Carmi here. And we were talking last week about the idea of being willing to fail and being willing to, to not know, especially when you're talking about advertising, that the money that you're investing, you may not know your exact return on it at the time you're investing it. But there's a tension there because you still want to invest wisely. And you know this this gets to a part in our story where you know, we're, we're about nine months into the business, you know, coming mm-hmm. up on, on the first year. We're, we're in our busy season, right? We've kind of feel like we've hit a groove. We're doing, um, you know, multiple jobs. We've probably done about 60 jobs at this point, probably close to a quarter million dollars in revenue. Right. And um, which, there was a lot of activity. Which for two guys in yeah. a business that didn't know what they were doing, you know, not even a year in, that's okay. That was, we were doing okay. The, the challenge with it was... We had no personal money. Like there was cash flow, there was money running through the business, but we weren't taking any money home. And we started to ask that question. Like, hey, we're we're running really hard. We're putting all this in. We're we're starting to kind of see results on the business side, but our families weren't seeing results. And we're we're sitting there getting utilities shut off. We're we're not being able to buy groceries. And is it worth it? Are, are we doing something wrong? Yeah, I, I want to tell you that's that's a tough position to be in for anybody. And if you're entrepreneurs or business owners out there, probably every one of you have felt that. Um, for us, I think it was especially tough because we had never been business owners. Right. We had always had careers. We had always had paychecks. We had always, uh, you know, even even at times when. Um, Maybe we were at jobs where we weren't getting paid as much. You knew what you were going to make. You knew it was coming in. You could plan for it. This was a new world for us. This world of you only get money if there's something left over. And all of a sudden, we're seeing, like you said, jobs flowing, business flowing. We're seeing money flowing. There's lots of money coming in, but the money kept going out. That question you you know we asked there. That's a tough one, Brian. What we're where's the money? It's kind of like that old advertisement. Where's the beef? The little old Wendy's lady, if you remember, it's like, where's oh, yeah. the money? I, I, I see it. Brian, you're, you're running the books. Where's the money? How come 
You're How come being, I've got to tell Lori we don't have money to buy groceries? You're being pretty generous with running the books because I don't think we had books <laughs> back then. A uh, book. It was a checkbook. There was that, that yeah, running. I was running the checkbook. And and I mean, again, you know, we, we've said this before, but man, just a quick pause and a thank you to our wives, you know, Angie oh, yeah. and Lori during this time, they could have been the ones shouting, where's the beef? Where's Where the are the beef? results? And And they were saying things like, hey, can we buy groceries or hey... Is it all right if we have the electricity turned back on? <laughs> but they were, they were willing to. Well, they they believed, and I remember I so many times saying to Angie, "We're all we're this close," and I'd hold my fingers up. We were on the up, precipice. But, uh, yeah, we were on the we were on a precipice. We just didn't know there was a cliff on one I was side. I'd say and our precipice is uphill bad. on the other. <laughs> bad things but, on both sides. But I remember you you talk about you know just investing and last last week we talked about investing in advertising and spending so much money in these different advertising things that we didn't know what the return would be but we were spending more on that than we were taking home. And then I remember like we would have these periods of time where that you know we weren't running good books and and I'm going to stop and say that's not wise. I don't encourage anyone else to do what we did there. This is the Papa Berenstein bear moment where you say that young bear is another thing you should never that do. That is right. If you, you don't should get that reference, track. get out the kid's book, <laughs> the Berenstein bears. <laughs> you should be keeping track of the money coming in and the money going out. You've got to be more wise than we were at that time. But we were just running. We were running hard, running fast. And we would see our bank accounts start to build up and you'd have, you know, first a thousand and a couple thousand dollars and then tens of thousands of dollars. We get to the end of the week. And I remember sitting there thinking, man, we this we're gonna have money. Yeah, and, it was that you clap your hands together and you rub them like oh, oh yeah. man, we're gonna have we're gonna eat this weekend. Mm-hmm. And so the way our our pay cycle worked was every Friday, yeah. we would have our hourly workers turn in hours on a, a sheet. We'd check them over and we'd pay them for the time. We'd have any salespeople turn in their commission report yeah. and we'd pay them. And we, we would pay, you know, based on when the project sold, not when it was, was completed. And, um, and our, our office manager, office Priscilla, manager, got paid yeah. at the end of every week. So I remember multiple Friday afternoons sitting down and pulling out that three ring binder checkbook and flipping it open and, and you know, starting with thousands of dollars I, in the bank. Right, I remember the one time there was 20 grand. 20 grand in the bank and thinking, here it is. Like, oh, we finally made it. We're going to do okay. And then going through and every, you know, everything we'd go through and pay this this guy for so many hours, this guy for so many hours installing, this sales, commission check, this office check, and we'd get to the end of that day and we would get anything that was left over. And often it wasn't much. And uh it was it was hard. I mean, that was a painful thing. I'll tell you, the thing I will say is our team never understood. They weren't the ones that were taking the risk, right? We had decided to take the risk. We had bet on ourselves. They were doing a job and deserved to be paid for that job. So we never shorted them. We never missed a commission check. We never missed paying somebody hourly, even if we had to find money somewhere else or make something happen or certainly not pay ourselves in order to make sure that our team was taken care of. And that wasn't a one-time thing. I mean, it was every Friday. that was every <laughs> was week. And we I, kept, man, it was painful. I, I, I remember that time, and I'm pretty sure it was 20000 It was close to that. And we got to the end of that. I think it was all said and done. I was like, you know, I, I always ask you the question, Brian, what do we got left? And it was somewhere like $1,000, $1,100. And that was available split between the two of us. 
Um, and, and so in there also, right, we're paying advertising. It, it, everything got paid. And then if there was anything left, yep. maybe we got it. And so a lot of times it was, okay, well, which utility bill is due first or who went grocery shopping the last time? And we wouldn't just split that money e- evenly. It would be, okay. What do you need? You would say, Dale, you, you know, I know Lori needs groceries. You take it this time. And the next time be Brian, you know, you take it, get your um, electricity turned back on, what have you. <laughs> that was, that was tough, but we went through it and I don't know. It, it was, it would have been very easy for us to uh, have lost sight of our goal, to lose sight of our purpose, and answer that question of when's it gonna, when's this gonna change? And it's like it probably isn't. So let's just grab it. Let's grab it while we got it. But that would have derailed what we were trying to do. Yeah, it would have stolen the investment we were making back into ourselves. And I think it might have been in the book you used the line: "We were taking the risk that the banks weren't willing to take." Right. Yeah. We were investing in ourselves when no one else thought it was wise to bet on us, when no one else was saying, Hey, here's money that you can take and use to build your business. We were, we were taking every penny that would come through that business. We were dumping it back in. We were, we were pouring it back into the business. And, you know, we started the, the podcast asking, you know, you know, how do you know if you're investing wisely? And, and I think, you know, for us, the things that we invested in that were good were the marketing they were the people, right? Those were things that were important. Um, and sometimes tools and things, and we, we can get into maybe some different types of tools, but we were always putting money back into things that were uh, business and, and revenue generating, things that would help the business grow and make more money. And I think sometimes uh, today, I, I've talked to some people that you, you get into this mindset of, hey, I'm investing in my business and I'm, I'm buying a new truck or I'm buying this piece of equipment that we need and or I'm, I'm you know doing this to create the image of my business. And, and sometimes those are good investments and sometimes we trick ourselves a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that's the key thing you hit right there, Brian, is what's at the heart of what we're doing? Because <clears throat> I, I, you know, I'm looking here at my notes. One of the things we have down is um, the idea of buying a bobcat. When we got right. s- when we got started in this or, or skid steer, you know, whatever. I know Bobcat's a brand name, but when we got started in this, we were convinced that was going to need to be our first purchase. And I don't remember if somebody told us that or, or we we thought that on our own. But look, if you're in the construction business, if you're a contractor, if you're a builder, landscaper, anything like that, it is really cool to have a Bobcat. Everybody wants one. You want to drive them. You want to have them. And you look like a real business if you got a bobcat on that trailer. And it would have been very easy for us to justify buying that tool because we're contractors. We're landscapers. It makes sense. It's what all the other people have. We could have justified it. But really, Brian, we would have been fooling ourselves on on that that point because our business where we were located – we we didn't we truly didn't need, need the bobcat. Um, we we there were some jobs we used it and uh, we rented them and we ended up causing ourselves more problems than than not using it because we didn't truly know how to operate it. We didn't. It, it wasn't the tool it could have been. And again, this isn't a talk about bobcats or skid steers. It's talk about you could in your business or in your life you can really justify the purchase of something making it seem like it's for the right reason, but really maybe it's not. Maybe you're, um, 
you're justifying something you want to get for your lifestyle and you're putting it into, um, you know, hanging it on your business, so to speak. Another example is our trucks, Brian. Did, did we go out and buy brand new truck when we got started? No, Dale, we didn't. Uh, <laughs> we were actually talking about this. I think the first brand new install truck we we bought was literally this past year. Yeah, like six months ago. Almost 20 years into business. Up until that point, every install truck we bought was a used truck. And I think- Why? Because the value we would get, so let's just take a, a crazy example. Let's, let's say I could spend $60,000 on a brand new truck and I could get a used truck for $30,000. That $30,000 delta, that that both those trucks are going to service me well. The newer one might last a little bit longer, but I could take that $30,000 and I could invest it somewhere else. And maybe that's people, maybe that's a different tool. And and I think you know one of the things that tends to happen is is... You talked about justifying it. I think we can sometimes maybe lie to ourselves or fool ourselves just a little bit and think that we're investing in our business and we're really investing in our lifestyle. We're really investing in maybe our, our it feeds our ego just a little bit. And you talked about the Bobcat and you know, I, I kind of said joking, like it gives you street cred with other landscapers, the right? Street cred. The street there cred. it is. You know, you're, you're cool, right? Like, oh yeah, I've got a real business. Look at, look at my equipment here. But if that equipment isn't what's needed for you to turn projects and to get jobs done, maybe you're better to not have that cool tool or that new truck, but just have what you need to get the work done. And every time you make an investment in something, you're taking that money away from another place you could be investing it. So every time you make a decision to invest, think about not just Hey, is this a good decision? But where else could I be investing this money? You've got you've got to think not singular, but how, how can I look at this money and this if this pool of money, this you know, for us we had very finite resources, right? And we were fortunate or unfortunate that we didn't get some of those loans. We couldn't go into certain debt. I mean, we had personal debt and credit cards, and we'll get into some of the other things down the road of where that caught up to us. But we couldn't go into any more debt. So we had a very limited, finite pool of resources that we could spend. And every dollar we spent on X was a dollar we didn't spend on Y. Yeah, I, I really think, Brian, that was a blessing for us. The way it worked out. Well, it is because we it made is, it. Right. But we didn't you, – you're right. When when we're talking – you're talking about writing those checks, having that money, writing those checks. We didn't have anywhere else to go for money. We didn't have uh, – really, we, we didn't even have credit cards at that point. We had the one Lowe's card, I think, that you bought my refrigerator with. But – we didn't have a line of credit. We didn't have a bank that was going to lend us money. We didn't have savings to dip into. We did not have money. The only money we had was what we moved. So we had to be very smart with what we did. But this is an interesting point because the last show we talked about don't try to be too precise. Be willing to spend money. Be willing to fail. Be willing to make investments that don't turn back. And here we're sitting here saying – be smart with your money. Don't overspend. Don't spend sixty thousand when you could spend forty thousand. Do this and that. So, are, are we contradicting ourselves? Are we on on, on opposing ends, or how, how do we justify that? It's a tension, right? And it's it's you know to steal an old Andy Stanley line. It's not a problem to be solved. It's a tension to manage, right? You've you've got to live in that understanding of, hey, I've got to, I've got to invest. I've got to spend in my business, but you've always got to be asking that question of, 
not do I know the results I'm going to get, but what is the reason behind why I'm doing it? And I think, you know, we're very big on a professional image, especially today as we bring on new Foreverland dealers. Like we're a premium brand. We've got to look good. We've got to present the right image. But there's a difference between a professional image and a premium lifestyle. And I think as a business owner, it's easy to slide into this idea that, hey, I'm, I'm investing in my business and this is for my 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 business image, but it's really about your ego and your, your, you know, personal enjoyment of the things. I mean, it's, it's just silly little things, but if you're looking at a, a, a new truck, you know, having a nice, clean, good, functional truck, very important. That's important. Having a truck that has all the bells and whistles, the heated seats and all the, the, you know, cool gadgets on the inside, those things aren't going to help your bit. They might make you more comfortable, but they're not helping move your business forward. So I, I think, you know, I'm not, and I also realize not every business owner is going to go through the same process we went through, right? Our story is unique and everybody's story is unique. Whoever's listening to this, your story is unique. Don't expect someone else to live your story. But our hope is that you can learn things from what we went through, the experiences we went through, and maybe pieces of them make sense to you. And the thing I would encourage you is to to just think about the reason why and, and be willing to to kind of be very self-aware, step outside of yourself and ask, what's the real reason I want this specific thing that I'm looking to buy or this specific investment I'm looking to make? You know, is am I advertising in the, even advertising, am I advertising in this magazine because it's going to make me look good or because it's going to generate business? Am I- we actually had, we had uh, somebody challenge us on that on the billboard. I don't know if you remember, Eli was 100% opposed to the billboard. I forgot and, about that. And I think he even said, you guys are just putting it up there for your egos. You want to and that wasn't the case. That was that hurt to spend that money, but we believed it was there. And I I mean, I to to maybe summarize a little bit of what you're saying there, and maybe it isn't a summary, I don't know, but you need to be willing as a business owner, and, and guys, again, this could be as a parent for sure. This could be maybe as a team member. You need to be willing to sacrifice personal things. You need to be willing to sacrifice personal lifestyle, things there to the benefit of your business, to the benefit of the goal you're chasing. And I, I'm not saying that in terms of getting priorities out of whack, because look, we are family men. We are men of faith. So you're, you've, we've, we've got God first. We've got family second. We've got friends. Yeah, then, then you're talking business. But just because that's the overall hierarchy doesn't mean there aren't times and there aren't instances where you have to jumble that priority for a short period of time. And um, just we had to be willing to sacrifice lifestyle and sacrifice some of the comforts we'd become used to prior to that to feed our business. And when we were talking about not being able to borrow money, I, I think sometimes when people are in business and they borrow money, they're borrowing money that they're putting into their business but they're doing that at the same time as maintaining the lifestyle they're already living. And so they're really not sacrificing. They're just borrowing money to put into the business. I would tell you, sacrifice on the lifestyle first. Take whatever you can to put into the business. And then if you still need to borrow money or do something, then you're doing that. But you're borrowing that money for the business. Don't borrow money to build the lifestyle. Yeah, I think that's that's great because I mean, one, we're not real big on on debt anyway, right? We we don't like to take on debt, but we will take on debt for business investments um, if we're investing in something that's going to generate income or generate more revenue. 
but we're never going to do that until we first sacrifice lifestyle or sacrifice things personally and, in, and, and taken some of that personal money to invest. And then that loan or that debt has to be on top of that. And I mean, the line we always used early on was we'd starve ourselves to feed our business rather than starve our business to feed ourselves. Right. And I think, you know, that, that's a, that's just a mindset. And again, it's, there's not a quick, easy litmus test for, is this a good investment or a poor investment? Some of it comes down to, you've got to be willing to step outside of yourself and, and look at it from a perspective, not of what do I want or what does, what do I want for my business, but what does my business need? And, and, you know, how do you make sure that you're not, I, I just go through a couple examples, right? Um, when, when we started to get a little bit bigger and we needed to, um, you know, do some maintenance on fields and we needed to get like a UTV or a, a you know, utility vehicle to pull something. We could have gone out and bought a $25,000 trail runner that you could go, you know, have fun on the weekends and use it for business during the week. Or we could get just what we needed for business at a third of the price and it would it would accomplish that goal, right? And, and as we're talking through that, Brian, I can think of, because we're giving examples and, and look, you know, as we do this, we don't want it to be, hey, we did everything right because we really screwed up. Yeah. There was a time we had an opportunity to make an investment that we didn't. And it hurt us. And, and that was uh, a dump trailer. So in our job, yeah, we used to... We tell used the to, story of the first dump trailer. Yeah. we used to, So we used to pull out the dirt, the sod, whatever. We'd load it up on a trailer. And we'd and this is just a flat, I don't know, 20-foot flat trailer. And we'd have to drive 45 minutes across town. Then we'd have to shovel it off. Every morning started with unloading the stuff you tore out from the day before. And this took two or three guys. The whole process, probably an hour and a half. <clears throat> And Steve, your father-in-law, was so kind when he was out working with us that summer. Uh, he saw it. Maybe it was kind. Maybe he was just hot and tired because he had to go <laughs> dump the trailer sometimes. He bought us a dump trailer, spent five or $6,000 of his own money, bought us a dump trailer. It was revolutionary. One guy could drive this to the dump, push a button, tilt it up, unload it, and we're done. What an incredible yeah. savings of time, of energy, of effort, efficiency, and we had that for, for the first month. It was outstanding. It was life-changing. And then it got stolen. And there's a whole story to that getting stolen. But just suffice to say, we had unhooked it behind our – I did. It's on me. Pulled behind our office at the end of the day, unhooked the trailer. I had to run up to the corner gas station to get something for the truck. There was some maintenance thing I had to have done. Ran up there to do it real quick. It was like 15, 20 minutes. By the time I came back in that 15 to 20 minutes, somebody stole the trailer from behind our warehouse. It um, may have been an inside sure job. that was an inside <laughs> job. You we heard some about our crew and what we had there. But it was gone. And this life-changing, life-altering trailer is now out of our life. And what did we do? Did we replace it? We did not. And mostly probably because of spite. It was definitely out of spite. <laughs> because <If> the, <laughs> we knew it was an inside job from our crew. We're like, we're not going to make life easy on them. So they had to every day keep going out and shoveling and unloading that trailer. Unfortunately, a lot of the times that was us doing it too. And that was, that was very short-sighted because there, an investment of five, six, seven thousand $7,000 would have paid back many times over. So it, we're not just, we're not saying spending money is bad. We're not saying investing in, Tools is bad, but we're saying be smart, think through it, and and make 
you know, make good decisions. So just uh, to, to summarize, for any of you out there that are trying to figure out how, how, what does this mean for you? Maybe you're starting a new business or starting a new venture or just looking at where you're at and trying to figure out how do I invest, but invest smartly or wisely. Um, I, I would tell you a couple of things. First of all, for us, the things we were always going to invest in were marketing and advertising people and then Tools, tools, but being careful with the tools that they were things that Make were sure they needed, were justified. not things that were cool. And I think, you know, the three quick things that you can, you can kind of do to step outside and, and, you know, we talked about self-awareness, but one is be brutally honest with yourself. Don't allow, don't, don't fool yourself. Don't justify things because it's cool and it's what you want. And you, you want other people to think you're cool or you want to have fun with it on the side, but you can call it a business expense. That's not wise. Be willing to be honest with your true motive for why you want to spend on something. Um, two, ask the question, does this, whatever you're spending on, if it's people, if it's tools, is it making you more effective? Is it generating more business or allowing you to, to get more done with the time that you have? And then three, and this can be a hard one, but be willing to seek outside counsel because often our emotions fool us, right? And we can we can, you know, not even realize that we're not telling ourselves the truth. Um, but often, even just that act of when you, when I know sometimes I'll, I'll go to ask somebody for advice and I already know the advice they're going to tell me. And so I might not ask them because I don't want to hear what they're going to say. Be willing to step outside, ask that advice, ask somebody who's been in business, somebody that's on the outside to say, Hey, does this look wise to you? And be willing to take the answers. Yeah, that's great. That that's uh, super advice. And guys, as we wrap up here, I just want to remind you: check out our show notes. You know, you can find uh, any of the links we mentioned here on the show, or uh, you know, if you think of it, just take a screenshot. If you're sitting here listening to the podcast, take a screenshot, post it on social media, send it to a friend, something. Spread the good word so people out there can can uh, t- tune in and and hear some of our stories and hopefully learn to be people of impact. Yeah, we love sharing this with you, um, and we look forward to hearing your stories too. Stories of maybe something that was shared on this podcast that was impactful for you, or something that that you've seen in your life. Um, you know, send us an email, give us a review. We'd love to hear feedback from you as well. See you next week. This is the Fred Carmi reminding you that faith looks up, hope looks ahead. And love looks all around to see whom it can help. Good day.